Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Rilo and Sappy Show. Today is December 30th, 2019. I am Rilo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2. And we hope you had a Merry Christmas and hope you have a good New Year coming up. And this will be the last Rilo and Slappy Show ever for this decade. Don't worry, we will continue into the 20 teens. But I can't believe this Wait, decade we're is over. Continue into the 20 teens. I am. Uh, I was gonna. Uh, yeah. This. I, I guess this is as good a time as any to to give you the news about the new direction we're taking for the podcast. So. Yeah, we're heading back to the 20 teens. Oh wait, 2020, man. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the, we're in the 20 teens right now, aren't we? Um, for another day. Yeah, so into the 2020s. There we go. We are not going. We're going to have perfect we not eyesight. Have, yeah, we do not have a time machine unless we already did that, and this is the second time around. But, um, yeah, so we will continue the show into the 2020s. The show must go on. That really shows you how, like, Old I can't years. believe how much time has gone by that, that I didn't even realize we're going to be into the second decade of that the soon 20. people who were born in the year 2000 will be able to legally consume alcohol yeah yeah that's pretty crazy um it's kind of sad that the people that were born after the year 2000 after the 9-11 attacks are legally able to fight in the war yeah that was uh created in response but um that's not what we're talking about today and don't want to get all gloomy on us the uh show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 176 you'll be able to find maybe some of the things we talk about as well as checking out our sponsor libertymugs.com where you can find awesome libertarian themed mugs and other accessories for your everyday life and we're gonna have a uh Kind of a neat announcement coming up on there soon. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think you know. I don't know that you know what I'm talking about, but I think you know what's going on, Slappy. We'll talk later. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into what what we're going to talk about tonight. All right. So take us there, Slappy. Yeah. Um, we were texting a little bit about this today, and we're. Uh, yeah, I'm still – so I guess we're going to talk about you know the Federal Reserve and inflation and how it encourages certain investments. And there's a couple apps out there, a couple companies, websites, whatever, that allow people to invest easily in the stock market. Um, and is that a good thing? So, Rollo, what direction did you want to take this? Yeah, I wanted to first kind of comment on those things. Like, there's certain apps out there like uh, Robinhood and Acorn, and even Cash App has rolled out the ability to buy stocks um, as little as a one dollar worth of stocks. You don't have to buy a full share. And the reaction, my first reaction was like, "Oh, this is pretty neat that you know these these apps and and services allow basically anyone." Uh, I guess anyone with a bank account, anyone could pass their little KYC stuff, uh, which is basically anyone. 
has the ability to have access to, you know, a lot of financial instruments that might have been behind uh, certain like paywalls or not paywalls, but uh, fees associated with them or just you got to get minimum certain, account balances. stuff. Yeah, like that. a lot of like weird things, whereas now it's just you kind of can download an app, attach your uh, like a debit card to it and start buying and selling the buying and selling stocks. And in the case of Cash App, at really, really low fees and at really, really low amounts. And like I said, it's it's kind of neat that, you know, the barriers to entry have been lowered there. But then as I was thinking about it a little bit more, I was like, well, this is just a way for them to to kind of get <laughs> take dumb money from people, people that don't know what they're doing, um, investing in stuff that they really have no business investing in. Um, and maybe that's not such a good thing. I don't know that the... Um, I don't know down the road, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I don't know this is going to be good for a lot of the people that this is geared towards. I think you're these people that are likely to now throw money in this stuff are going to, uh, aren't going to get hurt or lose money by this. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, this means that it should be illegal or anything. Obviously, you know, anyone who's listened to this show or read any of our stuff, or interacted with us at all, kind of understands that we're not in favor of the government uh, throwing up barriers and walls for for access to, to really anything. Uh, but just because something's legal or available or, or not uh, not immoral does not mean it's a good idea. So it's really more of a commenting on the on on how this might affect people individually. Because, Have you, know, you uh, ever bought stock on Cash App? Yeah, I bought one stock on it. I have not. How does that work? I'm on the app right now. Um, like, do can you buy kind of, any company? Is there certain ones they offer? I don't know. Kind of like looking around, it looked like they had a bunch of stuff. I I only had one. I had a a company that I wanted to buy some stock in, and um, that's who I bought. And I didn't look too much for other stuff. I don't even know how to do it here. Do I have to... Well, there's like a My First Stock. We wrote a book. Do I have to click that or something? I don't think so. I mean, buying Bitcoin is pretty easy. You just hit buy. Yeah, it's basically the same thing as buying Bitcoin. Um, no, maybe if I click on the... St- oh, there we go. Okay, yeah, yeah. I could buy Coca-Cola if I wanted. Um, okay. So you don't actually own the stock, though. Yeah, I don't think so. Not if you can put a dollar and not even buy a right. share. I mean, yeah. So it's going into a fund. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. I guess it's the same with Bitcoin, essentially, until you withdraw it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not your keys, not your coins. I'm, 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 I'm sure, browsing around the apps. Sorry. Yeah, for my, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the other apps are like that too. I, I haven't messed around with any other ones. It doesn't really matter for the sake of what we're talking about whether you own it or I not. Just, I mean, I'm sure that Cash App isn't out there to try to no, steal your my, money. My I don't think Acorn is either. No, it's not. Like, but what I'm what I'm getting at is it's not like it's a link to the stock market where you can buy any company you want. You have to guess. I guess buy one that's listed on here. Sure. Can you search for? Uh, maybe you can search for one. Yeah, you can search. Put for any stuff. sticker t- 
ticker name in there? As far as I know. Cool. Oh yeah, maybe. It's probably pretty much by. I mean, if you're yeah, if you're not buying. Um. If you're not buying the actual stock, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah. Well, they they would they would be using another. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they would be using another. Probably another institution or another branch of their company to actually access buying and selling these stocks. Around, maybe you can buy anything. Oh, whatever. I'll do it later. Cool. But it goes back to, and I think we've talked about it before, how it's not, just in general, it's not great that we as average Joes like really need to have access to the stock market in order to maintain our wealth that we have. Um, like the idea that even just like your 401k, um, you know, that's getting thrown into whatever funds that are in there. A lot of them are just like these target retirement funds that will probably, you know, they've done what they're, they're probably going to be fine. It's a managed account. It's a mutual right. fund. They're gonna... Someone's behind it trying to hit a certain target. Mm-hmm. But like when you're investing like that, you're just throwing money into just basically a black hole. I don't know because I have a 401k. I haven't invested in, in these in these funds too, but I have no idea. Yeah, you're paying what? someone else to do it for you. Right. And I have no idea if the guy I'm paying to manage my money is an idiot or, <laughs> or not. It's just like you're just throwing throwing money kind of blindly into stuff and that's not very good investing um, or good investing strategies because you know if you're gonna speculate on something if you if you expect something to be worth more in the future than uh, than it is now you, you know you want to have a reason for it not just well the number's gone up in the past so I, I figure it's gonna keep going up. Maybe that you might guess and get lucky, but that's not your, your basis for your speculation isn't anything good. Um, you see what I'm getting at? Uh, yeah. Um, I do. Uh, but like, where, if I'm trying to so, save for my yeah, if I'm ahead. trying to save for my retirement, I want to have it in something. You know, I would like it to grow. But or just saving in general, if I want to just be able to actually accumulate wealth and save, um, I don't want something that's as risky as the as a stock market because I could get I could pick something bad and get wiped out. Um, Which is why they most 401ks I don't allow you to pick individual stocks. Um a lot of times you're investing in either an S&P type fund where it's getting what the S&P 500 is doing essentially or some other kind of managed fund where they're hitting certain targets. Right. Um, so you're so you're taking a lot of guesses and just kind of mushing them together. Well, it's diversification. So Right, but you're diversifying and also you're ignorantly diversifying. Um yeah, yeah. I'm just, I mean, just because I don't a know on the market. Sure. So if um, it's you know, I know what you're saying, but um, so what my problem is with it is 
you shouldn't have to. Yes, that's the major point. We can, we can sit here and not, talk about... It's not like... Um, I mean, put it this way. If you... Look, we're stuck with dollars. There's no way around that. Um, mm. You get paid in dollars from your job, and you can sit on them. You can hold cash, but then you're losing value every year. If you put it in a diversified fund, like an S&P fund... Does the S&P go down? Yeah, it goes down. It's been down three years straight at least one time, but maybe only one time. Um, is it a guarantee it'll grow? Uh, no, but if it doesn't, we have bigger problems in society. So it's not like investing in a mutual fund is incredibly risky. There is risk involved, especially if you have a short horizon or time frame that you need the money. You should move it into safer investments or, um, you know, money markets or bonds or whatever, uh, essentially lend, you know, lending your money to a company with a rate of return on it, um, which they have risk too. You know, there's no risk-free investment. Um, but these funds, I mean, they are managed pretty well, uh, generally speaking. It's not... You know, we haven't had any huge 401k problems except for people who leave it there and they get close to retirement and they're seeing good growth. And then we have a stock market crash and half their 401k is gone and they blame everyone for it when they should have probably taken less risk. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't I, – I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't mean to act like but these people – It's uh, Yeah, not, I don't – yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not trying to say that the people managing these stuff this stuff is idiot or idiots. I'm just saying that I don't know what the heck I'm putting my money into. And I think that That's the vast true. majority of people in this market are doing the same thing. And yeah. as a as you know, I don't think that's a very good idea. But um yeah, I mean you can get a prospectus and see what it's in and see what they're doing. Um, sure. Uh, like but even even that, it's like I mean, if I read a perspective on something, even if I like sit down and read every single word and I can read it twice, I don't know that that's really going to help me have a good understanding of. I mean, I, it, I can know what the past performance was, but it doesn't yeah, give me yeah. information on why I think that it's going to do what I want it to do in the future, or 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 give me any sort of understanding of. Um, why I would want to buy that, why I think it's going to appreciate value. It might, but well, it would have information there in it, but it, it's not enough. I don't think a perspective would be enough. Like to, to really, like I, the reason I bought this stock that I did in Cash App is because I think it's a market that I understand. And I think it's something that I, I like what they're doing. I think that they're, you know, leveraging asymmetric information in their market and they're uh and i like what they're doing so i think the company's gonna be valued a lot more at some point in the future than it is now that's the only reason that i bought that stock um was because i felt confidence i could be wrong and that's part of the that's part of this the you know the the risk that you're taking but i feel comfortable with right so you understand you know, diversification that. though in the market Yes, if I found it would be useful for me to find other things, 
but the diversification, I, I don't agree with diversification for the sake of diversification. Like I wouldn't just start throwing money at other stuff just for the sake of to diversify. Um, I mean, without, without having would just be random. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and at the same time, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't really put that much money into this. It's more, it's more for fun what I'm doing. Right but. now, the but the return in the S and P historically, which is a long time, um, yeah, there's going to be short term. I I I mean diversification in in stocks in this in the market and getting kind of a market return is pre, about as safe an investment as you can get. Um, sure. You're not going to get wealthy. You're not going to, um, you know, quadruple your money. But that'd be maybe depending on how much time, whatever. But that's about as safe as you can get is investing in most of the market. You're getting basically earning your inflation. You're keeping your value. Right. Until it takes a huge dump. Yes. But over the but then you buy – that's just like what everyone – I mean – that that's there's going to be these market corrections there's going to be recessions there is and you are sitting on like if you're 60 and you're trying to retire in five years and you have all your money in the s&p that's not a smart idea mm -hmm. um you should move it into safer things but if you're in your 20s 30s and you're putting money away in a 401k and it's down 50 percent in a year if you continue to buy and don't sell don't move into cash you just keep what you have and continue buying historically you're going to do really well and if you don't do really well i think there's bigger problems in society than mm. your retirement um so i don't uh, you know i, I don't want to um completely trash uh, diversification and investing in, in a mutual fund. Now, if you're going to go pick individual stocks, that is risky business there. Mm -hmm. um, so you have some inside information on something or you like a certain company and you want to go for it. That's great. You're bearing way more risk than someone uh, investing in the S&P. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to poo-poo someone that's you know, if you have information that, like you said, that insider information, and that's not a dirty word. Insider information is, is what you should be using to invest because otherwise, how are you going to beat everybody else? Um, you know, you're, when you're buying something, you're, you're buying someone, something that someone's selling. So, uh, you know, if you're trying not to beat the market, then, then why are you even in there? But and I don't want to get into a, a debate necessarily about whether or not uh, it's good to invest in mutual funds. Um, but the idea do I mean, well, the main point is that I don't under like my, my thing is that, yes, historically, it has done well over time. You know, I'm I'm young. It is likely that um, that if I keep my money where it is over over time, it's going to, you know you know, grow at some steady rate overall, it might take a dump a little bit, but there's that chance that it might take a big dump and never get back. I mean, you know, we can't assume sure. the dollar is going to be here forever. 
Um, we can't assume that the United States is going to have its hegemony that these markets are going to always kind of exist yeah. Yeah, yeah. the way no, they are. So there, there's that I kind totally of agree. there's that risk there that um, I mean, it's it's been like the way it has been for a long time, longer than even a lot of currencies have existed in the past. Mm-hmm. So um, and we know when now that we can start folding into the to the more talk about the Federal Reserve and inflation, we know that we're kind of on tenuous kind of ground with what all this stuff is built on. Um, And a lot of it's as long as the United States maintains its hegemony with the U.S. dollar, that's what allows it to continue, you know, these these markets to to stay afloat. Um, Is that. Does that. Yeah, okay. no, that's yeah. Um, I, I mean, no, I do, totally agree. I guess um, what I'm trying to say is, like, for better or worse, we have the dollar. We have this. Like, you're kind of stuck. You can put it in other things, like Bitcoin, for example. But the fact we have this system, you're forced to invest in things. Right. Otherwise, you're going to lose your money. You're going to lose your value. You're going. I mm-hmm. mean, you'll you'll still have a dollar. So it's not going to be worth what it was when you earned it. So it kind of forces you to put your money in these investments uh, because of inflation. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's kind of what I was – that's the problem I have. That may, I mean given that we have this system and that you have to invest, I certainly don't want to discourage people from investing in mutual funds because that's about the safest thing. Well, one, I mean you can do – money markets and you can do bonds you can do munis i mean you're investing in the government right but you're <laughs> they're going to give you a return uh might not be worth might not be worth inflation but they're going to give you a return um and the market the s&p generally speaking i mean no one has a crystal ball but you're going to probably keep up with inflation so yeah i'm not trying correct. yeah no and, and i so it's just from a different perspective, I guess. Yeah. And if given the fact that we have the system and we have dollars, what are you going to do with it? You're kind of for your hand is forced. Yeah, I'm not trying to blame or, or act like the individual trying to keep the value of their wealth is stupid or an idiot for doing this. It's like you yeah, said, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of their it's the hand that we're dealt with. It's because very powerful people have control over the, <laughs> the yeah, money system. We could, we could talk about. Um, where I'm pretty sure we agree, which it would be better if we didn't have this system and we weren't forced to invest in companies we don't know a whole lot about and essentially forced to pay someone to invest our money and hope that they're doing a good job of diversification and getting a big part of that market so that there is a return Uh, because that is where I think the problem is and maybe you agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. And and really, what it is is just, you know, if you invest in tractors, then you know you're going to be set. Because there's we all no farms, no food. Yeah, absolutely. And that is invest that is uh, financial advice by yes. tractors. Yeah. Obviously. So. Yeah, we, we this is always this kind of the step you got to take back when you talk about the stock market and how every Tom, Dick, and Harry is investing in it when they don't necessarily know what's going on. And it's like, well, why are they doing that? Why would someone take on, 
on this or, yeah. or even why, why would someone take a good portion of their their wealth and put it into and and really i mean you're paying someone who does it for a living but you know how good are they and then i mean it's your wealth the, you you really exactly. should want to have a whole lot of control over, over and and did. if you're yeah and if you're going to uh uh delegate that control to someone else and you really want to make sure that they're doing a good job it's like if you had a uh, wouldn't it be nice sorry to cut you off but wouldn't it be nice if if you got your paycheck and you could just take a portion of it and put it in your safe and be like i'm putting that aside for uh, for the future and it would be worth something in the future Mm -hmm. instead of having to pay someone to do if you if you give lend your money to a bank which what you're doing um, you're hoping that you get the return on that to keep up right. with inflation, which uh, savings account rates aren't keeping up with inflation. So you're losing money by putting it in a bank. Um, you have to do something to keep up with this inflation, mm-hmm. which is so that, you know, back to the other point. But, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what puts people into these markets. They're using financial in- instruments that they really have no idea right. what's and going on told- with it. It's going to give you a return, and then some guy like you know Bernie Madoff says, "Look at the return I'm getting," and you go, "Well, wow, let's do that." Or there was—I know we talk, we kind of talk about this a lot, but remember that uh, story of the guys that were churning annuities for like little old ladies? Yeah. It it opens up people for a lot of uh, threat services for for fraud because again, people realize they they have this understanding that if I just hold dollars in a bank account. I'm going to lose the value of my wealth, so I need to invest it in something else, into these markets to to get a return that I can grow or at least maintain my wealth. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much of the story you remember. Yeah, you I mean, to, I, I probably of, more than me. Guy was churning annuities. Essentially, uh, you get a first year commission when you sell an annuity, and there's surrender charges involved in annuities. So someone, let's say a lady, I, and I forget the specific details, but let's say the, the lady had a million dollars. She buys an annuity, guaranteed return for X number of years. Well, let's say it's a 10-year annuity, and there's a five-year surrender charge on it. He gets paid in year one and gets a percentage on that million dollars. Sometimes there's bonuses in the annuities. There's all kinds of things going on there. Um, but then year two comes around. So an annuity is a financial instrument designed to hold it for the life of the annuity. Uh, but I guess he would come back and I don't remember what his selling point was or even if if it even talked about that in the article, but he would come back and sell them another annuity the next year and say, you move your money out of this and put it into this one. It's getting a better return. And so he would, and that would cost the woman surrender charges, which maybe she didn't really understand or he didn't explain and she's trusting this guy with her money, and so he's getting a commission every year churning these annuities. Yeah. And so you might say, well, you got to do your homework better and understand what you're doing. And yeah, maybe true. Yeah, but sure, the same, but. <laughs> but it's, it's – if that little old lady could just shove her money under her mattress, then she wouldn't have to worry about this. Right. And the reason that she can't shove her money under her mattress is because the Federal Reserve and the government – are constantly adding new money to the system and uh, decreasing the purchasing power of every, each and every dollar that's out mm-hmm. there. So it creates these really bad incentives across the economy 
that um that create for you know i'm not trying to be condescending or or anything but it's it's dumb money that it creates um and this is a, an example those little old ladies they're they're not stupid but they represent dumb money because they're investing in something that they really don't understand really i i have a hard time blaming them because what, what else what are they going to do? do you got to trust someone right and so yeah like it just creates all these really really bad incentives out there mm -hmm. um that you're you know you're spying buying all these instruments and assets that you really don't understand just because you can look at uh you know a quick report and say oh hey over the last 20 years it returned i don't know eight percent yeah well, yeah, I'm going to throw my money in that. Sure, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, whereas if you had a system where you had a hard, you had a sound money that was maintaining its value or, you know, even better, appreciating value, then in order for people to, you know, uh, convince you to give up, um, not give up, but but invest that money somewhere else, that they would have to promise an even better return. Uh, really have to make a lot of good promises. You know, a bank would have to really compete um, and offer something good for you to put, park your money there, right? Uh, instead of just like a, a you know a money warehouse, um, or even the the warehouses would still have to compete. If if if, if banks just acted like money warehouses, um, as opposed to how they it's a little bit different now but um you know it, it would be much a much different market there'd be different uh different selling points for stuff different different mindsets it wouldn't just be like oh yeah you got to be in the stock market mm -hmm. well why i don't understand what i'm why i'm putting my money in right. i mean a bank a bank as a money warehouse should be simple enough to understand it's you want to you're going to entrust your money with them because they're better at securing it than you are. Yeah. And but and, and you know, they're gonna maybe loan it out if you give them permission to or whatever and Yeah, if you lock it up in a, a certificate of deposit, you can say, Hey, I'm giving you um, uh, you know, I, I agree I'm not gonna touch this money for the time period that we agree with. Yep. And so you can lend it out, but part of you lending it out means I'm gonna get a cut of that of that return. Right. But I'm also going to take the risk that, uh, you know, maybe you make a bad investment and I lose the money. Right. Uh, but now we have this whole thing where just it's 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 all turned on its head, um, and everything's all all kind of crazy like that. Um, so we have these, like it's. I think it would be a good thing if buying stocks was was very easy. I think in a free market it would be different that you wouldn't need i i think that we we wouldn't have like this recent thing with cash app and acorn and and robin hood i think it would have just been status quo that basically anyone that wanted to could could get involved in, in stocks buying stocks like that but no one would really have much incentive to do it because they wouldn't need to be chasing chasing buying these speculative investments just to maintain the value of their wealth yeah i think it would look Certainly not for that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I probably would not be invested in the stock market if I didn't have to be. You know, but as for a way, I'm sure that companies would come up with ways to raise capital by selling equity in their company. 
which mm-hmm. is you know an IPO, and then if people wanted to sell their uh, share of that company, they'd be able to do it. So I'm sure like a stock market type thing would exist, and there would probably be some pretty clever investments and different guys putting together portfolios of different types of startups or tech companies or whatever. And you could invest in it if you wanted to, but you would not be forced to, which we are forced to essentially today. You're not forced to, but you're going to lose all your value if you don't. Yeah, I think that the people who would be better equipped to invest in stuff like that, people who have that kind of specialized knowledge, that inside Mm -hmm. information would be more just, it it would be a more natural place for them to land. Yeah, um, yeah, and there would like be if, probably like investment clubs and like like sure. we do have today with venture capitalism and angel investors and people who want to lend their money or buy companies. It just wouldn't be every single guy out there needs to be in the stock market. Yeah, I think an example I've heard that was used that isn't exact wouldn't be probably wouldn't be traded on on the stock on a stock market or anything. But if you were a uh, you know a car mechanic and owned your own garage. For your entire career, I mean, you've got a lot of asymmetric knowledge compared to the rest of the market and the rest of the world about how cars work, how they get repaired, and what a good repair shop looks like. So Mm -hmm. if you have a little bit of money set aside and and you want to grow it and you see that this there's this up and coming or someone wants to start this garage and you kind of know them pretty well, you, you look at their business model and you might say, hey, I think that this guy's knows what he's doing and I think he's got a good plan. He just needs some startup money. I'll throw him some money as an investment and you know, he's going to promise me, you know, some return on it or I'm going to own a stake part of his company. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the way it would work more, more like that as opposed to a guy who has, you know, owns a garage and he's, and he wants to retire. So he's been, putting money away and, and putting it and yeah putting it in, in into into stocks that involve and and investments that involve things that he has absolutely no concept of of how they operate and what makes a good investment or not mm-hmm. um so how do we fix th- i mean it's this is a problem it's a mess what do we do you know are we just doomed for this forever or is there something that could uh uh depends um yeah yeah, no i mean i think there is a solution and i think it will i think we will be okay i think we will have a sound money in the future um and i that will solve a a lot of these problems yeah i think bitcoin fixes this yeah my favorite little memes there Your little catchphrase um but i think you're right yeah because if bitcoin offers us a uh you know sound money alternative to to kind of the legacy um, systems that we have. It's something that you can buy Bitcoin and over the, over a long time period, you can expect it, um, to grow or to appreciate in value. Um, and just over time as, as it starts to monetize, as, as people start demanding it in payment as payment, because they realize that it's appreciating in value, especially against the dollar, just on it by itself, it's appreciating in value, but against the dollar, um, it's especially appreciating value mm-hmm. and um, you know, once, once it, it, you know, really monetizes fully. Cause I don't, I, I don't 
really think that the price we're at now is what the you know a monetized uh, no. Bitcoin would look like. But even even once it monetizes, it's still going to appreciate in value because of the hardness of it, because you can't add more. Uh, once the 21 million Bitcoin um, are uh, are mined, you you can't add any more. And so, as technology improves, as we get better producing things, um, the cost of living, the cost of production is going to decrease. And so the purchasing power of your money is going to increase. And so you're going to have a money that allows you to just kind of hold it or hoard it, whatever term you want to, you're going to use, and you're going to be able to maintain your wealth and also um, increase your wealth because the purchasing power is going to, uh, is going to keep which, going up because you're going right, to have which, more things available to buy for the same amount of total money supply. Right. And it would allow us potentially to work fewer hours in the future if you save your money um, as prices decrease and you know, you're get, essentially getting wealthier as you hold your your money. Um, I think it would make a much better standard of living. Yeah, people love to uh, throw around the uh, those kind of um, cliches and slogans of. Hey, you like your weekend? Thank the union for it. And it's like, no, the unions did not bring you the weekend. It's it's the increase in production mm-hmm. is is what brought the weekend to you. And uh, I, I've I've seen an article or two or a tweet or two here and there. It's like, oh, they're talking about the four day work week, but we still don't have it. What's the problem? Well, the problem it's is inflation. Yeah, is that we we still need to work these hours just to to maintain our standards of living. Um. Like, why would we keep working? Why would we work all these hours um, if if we didn't have to? Um, and some people might. I mean, some people like sure, what they're doing. Some people or, love to work and enjoy it. And yep, more power to those people. people. hate their job and don't want to do it and look for a way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would never, if we had a hard money, there would be no debate about the minimum wage. Because you could maintain your wage across your entire career, never get a raise. But as as time continues to move on, your quality of life would be increasing because as the economy grows, so does your purchasing power mm-hmm. increase. And so you would be getting you wouldn't be getting like a, a nominal wage increase, but your standard of living would keep would be going up. So you know, just to, to, to keep up with, uh, yeah, if you made 10 hours, $10 an hour and you started your career and finished making 10, $10 an hour, like you'd be earning more money. Yes. Or more purchasing power. So people, yeah, people wouldn't be complaining. Oh, I, I haven't gotten a raise in, you know, however long I've been working and, you know, we need to raise the minimum wage because, you know, stuff is so expensive and everything. It would solve a lot. Of, it would make a lot of these problems that we have just, just moot points that would never even be need to be addressed. Right. Um, but when you have such a an economy the way it is, it creates all these problems and these problems just like, you know, I don't want to say trickle down. Because, uh, but they do kind of like trickle throughout and just kind of spread like this nasty virus and and have all these secondary effects that mm-hmm. people like minimum wage stuff 
that they end up trying to treat the symptoms of the problem instead of actually the root cause. Whereas if you if you fix the money system, you go from a soft money to a hard money, then a lot of these these other problems, these symptoms just go away. Which we won't you know, there's a lot of powerful people who have an interest in keeping that system going. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, good luck. Yeah, and that's why you don't want to play by the rules. And that's why Bitcoin gives you a good opportunity to to get out of that because, you know, Bitcoin's very difficult to stop. It's very difficult to uh, to to confiscate the money mm-hmm. that people have. Um no individual can i mean the, the idea of trying to stop the network or to 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 beat it back is is just so difficult it's so the beautiful thing about bitcoin is it's so much more profitable to play by the rules than it is to try to to try to break the break rules it. and cheat um and so these people even the people you just mentioned who are the ones who are controlling things you know they have motivations they're out to make money too so yeah, maybe maybe some of the the real top dogs would be interested in in fighting Bitcoin tooth and nail, um, so they don't they don't lose the power that they have. But I think a lot of them would still recognize that they could also make a lot of money with Bitcoin. Um, but they would have to the money they make with Bitcoin would be in a way that would be fair and productive for everyone. Right. So it, it turns bad, nasty, selfish people into good actors because they're doing they're adding something positive to the world by by playing by the rules of bitcoin so uh, yeah i think we do you know it's it's frustrating right now to talk about the the system we're in and how we're constantly losing value and we see these things that are you know maybe traps for people to uh to to put dumb money into and and hurt actually hurt themselves and just the idea that they're uh they're just kind of doomed yeah <laughs> and have to there, use these systems but there is a light at the end of the tunnel there, there is, is something and it's exciting yep and uh, you know hopefully this moves as quick as possible Mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah i hope no one thought that i was calling them stupid for like being involved in the legacy system because I'm, I still have money tied up there. So you're, uh, I think you're crazy not to, because it's kind of the world we live in, but I think you're crazier to not be in Bitcoin. Yeah. And, uh, I, I also don't recommend blindly going into Bitcoin either. Um, I Do think you know it's a website where someone could go to learn a bit about it? Yeah, that would be great if there. Oh wait, there is. It's called Ten Hours of Bitcoin.com, and that's in the show notes page. Uh, that is going to be in the podcast format very soon, so be Looking on the lookout for that. that. It is uh, if you're interested in Bitcoin, because um, you know I talk about it a lot. A lot of people in libertarian circles talk about it a lot. It could be a little complicated. It could be a little bit. Um, What's it called? Uh, it's intimidating. It's confusing. Yeah. Um, people don't like to ask questions. They feel they should know it, whatever. Um, but if you're willing to invest 10 hours of your time, which really in the grand scheme of things to learn something, um, 
like Bitcoin isn't that much time. You know, you can, I think using that website, 10hoursofbitcoin.com can really set you up to have a, have a pretty strong understanding and start making good decisions about that stuff. And also uh, there's going to be other kind of content coming out soon. I don't want to speak for the person that's going to be putting it out, but um, should be, Stay should tuned be a lot to of, the Rollins yeah, show. yes, because we'll be talking about it when it's, when it's out there. So if you had nothing else, Slappy, we'll uh, go into the free market success yeah, story. Yeah, you got something for the free market success story? Yeah, kind of a funny one. Um, so I am. Uh, I have two older brothers. We're both, uh, you know, we're all a couple of years apart. So growing up, um, especially when I was younger, when we would get gifts, a lot of times we got the same thing because we're, you know, boys, you know, with similar interests. Since we're all brothers. Yeah. And, um, but... A lot of times, especially when I was kind of younger, in the like three to six year old age, maybe I they my brothers since they were older and and more mature and able to handle certain things, they would get you know a certain gift that was cool, but I would get the kind of the the like the stupid little kid crappy version of it, um, because I wasn't really capable yet <laughs> of of handling whatever the real thing is. Mm-hmm. But that would always annoy me because I, I knew I could perceive of it. It wasn't the same thing. It, it didn't look as, as cool. And I knew. And of course, they let me know that I had the baby version or whatever they had. And so it, it bugged me. I, I didn't like it. And it would always get promised. Like, oh, when you're older, you know, you'll get this, the normal thing. And I normally never did. <laughs> so. Uh, Still has that, that little yeah, keyboard. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still have the uh, my, like go play baseball. I still have that uh, that big pink Flintstone looking bat. Yeah, I show up with. Still got the Velcro on the inside of your glove. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've got I've got three nephews that are uh, similarly aged to to my brothers and I, and uh, so I took that knowledge of being the third. Uh, youngest brother and was able to apply that to uh, buying Christmas and and birthday presents and stuff for my nephews now. So I decided that uh, I was not going to put my nephew through, you know, the the terrible hardship I had to, (laughs) it's not terrible. Like, Oh, you're getting gifts and you're, and you're so upset by the uh, someone, someone giving you presents for free. Um, you, You are a horrible person. Yeah, but I I remember I remember I have that information as I'm as I'm making these decisions in the marketplace and uh, buying gifts. So I make sure that um, you know I, I'm not giving my my youngest nephew kind of the the stupid crappy version and just being like oh well you'll you know when you're older <laughs> and it, it it unfortunately it drives the uh, my two nephews that are older crazy because he he's you know it's his too so he wants to play and be involved but he doesn't know what he's doing so he just kind of mucks everything up but um i think in the long run he'll grow into it i'm gonna gonna take the approach of you'll get it instead of you'll get it when you're older is yeah you'll grow into it there you go so uh that's that's my stretch of free market story but i think it's i think it's kind of I think it actually is kind of useful to talk about because I am using um, information that I learned from past experiences to make a better decision 
or at least what I think is a better decision um, in in the future or not in the future, but in the present now. And that's what that's what people do. That's what entrepreneurs do. They, they take they learn information and try to apply it in different situations to uh, to make the world a little bit better of a place. So hopefully my nephew's uh, lives are a little bit better because, you know, I because made these decisions. Yeah, because of me. <laughs> but it's fun uh, yeah so that's the uh, that was your Christmas by the way so yeah, was that nice. was a very kind of a Christmassy thing yeah a couple days off was good good stuff yeah. went and saw this guy this dude has this took my kids he's been collecting these Lionel trains oh nice since the 50s the I mean, I can't even describe. I don't even. I don't. I know nothing about these trains. I've don't own any. Never collected them. This was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. This display. I couldn't even put it in words. He had amusement park, a roller coaster. Everything worked. The mm -hmm. roller coaster had like, um, you know, a a, tra a a kind of a band that pulled it up and let gravity take it the rest of the way and. Mm -hmm like an actual roller coaster every single house every fire engine the cars they all lit up they all did things meanwhile he has like 17 trains going in and out he had a subway system that was modeled um the subway station you look under the platform through a window and it looked like uh jefferson station down in uh in philly it was it was insane and the kids thought it was unbelievable so that was really cool eh. there's a there's a okay. place I went when I was a kid. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it was the Great American Roadshow or something. I forgot what it was called, but it was this enormous. I think it was somewhere in Lancaster County, but this enormous train layout, like like a warehouse size. Um, and it was just like all different kind of like it had the country, the mountains, like cities, towns. Just incredible. I'll have to if if your kids are into that, I'll have to let um, you know where it is because it's 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 so. I neat. don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you couldn't think this. Like any, no matter what age you are, this was when you see someone doing something they love <laughs> and mm -hmm. collected it, collected have have a collection like this guy had. I don't know how you could not be impressed. It was insane. And uh, if any of you guys out there are into trains, Lionel trains. Uh, this guy's he's stopping this display um, just because he's getting old and his wife isn't doing well and she she helps him and he's selling the entire thing. Oh, wow. I can't even imagine how what that's valued at. I'm guessing he'd say make me an offer. But if you are interested, shoot me a DM on Twitter and I can get you in touch with the guy. Um, and I can send you pictures that I took. I mean, it is insane. Um, so anyway, throwing that out there. Yeah, it's pretty, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's sitting on a, uh, so I'm sure he takes good care of it. <laughs> he, everything so. still works. He's got, I mean, I, I it was in, impressive. So that was the highlight of my Christmas, I guess. It's going to see this guy's, uh, display. Nice. Yeah. I have a couple of, uh, I mean, we were into trains growing up. My dad's into you know, has a lot of Lionel stuff. Um, but I didn't know, like, I didn't know until I moved out. My dad was giving me stuff that was mine. But when each of us were born, he bought us, like, 
different Lionel sets. And uh, so we have like, well, I have stuff from the late 80s that's never even opened. Oh, very cool. From Lionel stuff. We're into the, my brothers and I, I guess we, because it was, it looked realer to us, but we were into the HO scale. So I got a good amount of HO trains. Right on. Yeah. Let's get a put is, a, but... That's a smaller scale. It's the one, one to 87th scale. Okay. So it's a little bit smaller. Or I guess decent size smaller. But we liked it. As, as little kids, we didn't like the, uh, the three tracks for the Lionel's. Well, if you have any interest in seeing this, I recommend you go out to this guy's place before February. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, it was cool. Nice. All right, so the uh, show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 176. Um, find a link to libertymugs.com and also 10hoursofbitcoin.com. We can learn about Bitcoin and how we can get out of the mess of the situation that we are in right now. Actually, a lot of the stuff that uh, that we were talking about, I gleaned from uh, the course I took originally uh, that turned into 10 hours of Bitcoin.com. So uh, I think it's some some interesting information some that I, I think is yeah, I think that you'll get get a lot out of it. We're just to appreciate the uh, have a better appreciation for understanding the the problems that we face with uh, with a lot of these these legacy systems and the and the bad money that we have. So, all right. Um, next time we will talk to you. We will be in the 2020s, not the 20 teens. So, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next decade. Peace.